All right, welcome to the first ever Nebraska TDs and Beer Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Prince Azur Ahaler, and today's episode is brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, where our fingers are finger-licking good. As the commissioner of the Nebraska Teas and Beer Fantasy Football League, I've been wanting to create a podcast for our league now since last year. Um, this has been something that's been in the works for over a year now, and I'm, I'm ecstatic to finally bring it to life and bring it to you guys. My goal is to have a weekly podcast where we discuss the previous week and along with the upcoming week as well, anything relevant in fantasy football or just in the, in the, in the NFL in general. I will also be reaching out to league own, team owners to be getting some interviews with you guys from around the league. I'm really looking forward to this, and I hope you guys are too. For those of you that are new to the show and the league, thank you for tuning in. 2020 is our fifth season for our league, and over the years, we've seen several owners come and go over time. But for those of you that have been here since year one, I thank you for your commitment and helping us making this one of the best leagues in the world. It's truly a blessing to be the commissioner of this league. It's been awesome over the years. I'm just super happy with where our league is at and the direction it's going in. In our first four seasons, we've had four different league champions, something that's pretty unusual, I feel like. And we've had teams going from division losers to division winners. We've also seen teams struggle to put together a winning season. Yes, I'm looking at you, Brady Bunch, Otto's Army, and Team Money. Come on, guys. Let's get it together. All right. Enough of that. Let's dive into a quick rewind of how last season ended. 2019 was an awesome year. We saw two new teams with the Brady Bunch and Taylor's Dandy team. Brady's Bunch performed at not very very poorly. However, Taylor's Dandy team would actually end up making a run to the league championship, which was very awesome to see. Or I guess that was her second year. My apologies. However, the 2019 season was dominated by Christian Crusaders and their all-pro running back, Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Christian Crusaders finished the regular season with an impressive 10-3 record, earning a first-round bye. Entering into the playoffs, Christian Crusaders demolished for Netflix and chill, myself, in the semifinals by whopping 42 points. What a very embarrassing way to uh, start the playoffs. Entering the championship game, however, it was Christian Crusaders going against Taylor's Danny team. Taylor's, Taylor's Danny team was led by NFL MVP star quarterback Lamar Jackson. Both of these teams both had the two most dominant players throughout the season. Taylor's Danny team had QB Lamar Jackson, Jackson who put up ridiculous points, along with Christian McCaffrey, who is essentially running back one and wide receiver one, all at the same time. Heading into the matchup, Christian Crusaders... It was a tight battle, but Christian Crusaders prevailed with a four-point victory, winning his first ever league championship. At the championship parade in Valentine, Nebraska, we were able to catch up with Christian McCaffrey's team owner, Jeff Moore. We asked him about what it was like to get over the hump and finally win his first title. Jeff said, and I quote, Wow, what a crowd that we have here. There are dozens of people here to help us celebrate. This is a huge moment for our organization and I wouldn't trade this championship or my championship mug for anything, not even the birth of my first daughter. Pretty telling Jeff was super excited to finally win a championship, and we're super excited that he finally won. Sadly, he had to defeat me along the way, but we're glad to see a new team win for the first time. 
Very impressive, Jeff. Let's see how you do this year on a bounce back year. We've never had a back-to-back -back champ or a two-time champ, so let's see if you can be the first team to do it. Heading into the two 2020 season was a very interesting year. We There was a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty heading into the 2020 season due to COVID-19. We didn't really know what to expect or if there would even be a season. Several owners saw their players opt out in the preseason, and it was just very challenging overall. More importantly, for scouts, it was difficult across the board, especially during the offseason. We saw limited training camps, limited OTAs. Players weren't really able to practice with pads on until late into camp. We had no preseason games, and we also got limited reports coming out of camp from across the league. And the reports we did with receive was mostly just coach speak. Reporters weren't really allowed to let in and just every single player was in the best shape of their life and having a fantastic camp. And if you ask any coach, every player was ready to go and ready to be a top player on their team. Our, heading into the draft, that meant average draft positions were kind of all over the board. Um, we knew who the top echelon of players was based on last season and kind of where we think they would perform moving forward into this year. This year, but you could draft players in round three in one league and round seven in the next league and round 10 in another league. And no one would really think much of it just because there wasn't really much information to go based off, which made it really challenging for every single owner. Um, and once we hit the middle of the board in our league, it truly was a crapshoot. There were guys that I know I had targeted in like the 10th round that were going in the fifth round. And there were guys I had as a third round value that ended up falling to the fifth or sixth round. And, it was just a wild year in the draft, and it, I think it made it more fun. It was a lot more exciting because you never knew who was gonna pick, who was gonna pick, and when they were gonna go. And it just made it a lot more fun. For it was nice and unique. Um, but the draft was yet again a major success. We did it on Clicky Draft this year for the second time in a row. It seemed to go flawlessly. It did go a little extra long this year. We totaled about two hours, so about an hour and a half range. This was mostly because I set the timer to three minutes for picks instead of two minutes. I just wanted to make sure everyone had the proper amount of time to make their picks. Um, just because we had a lot less information going into the draft, and I want to make sure everyone had time to actually think about what they wanted to do. Once we got to the second half of the round, we then kind of kept dropping and dropping the time and really rounded out the draft quickly towards the end. I'm kind of reviewing the first round of the draft, though. The draft, as usual, in the first couple of rounds were dominated by running backs and receivers, as always. Um, we had a few tight ends sprinkled in as well. Leading off the draft with the first overall pick was Team Money. Now, Team Money was actually the second to last last year. However, she did win the toilet bowl, moving her up to first in the draft for the first pick overall. So congratulations to her. And with her first pick in the draft, she took one Saquon Barkley running back for the New York football Giants. Saquon Barkley had a phenomenal last year until he got hurt. He was out for about six weeks, came back and finished strong in the fantasy football playoffs. Heading into this year, he was my second running back available behind Ezekiel Elliott. Tim Lani took the gamble and took him first overall. Saquon's going to have a fantastic year. He's really going to do great, and great pick by Talisha there with her first pick. At pick 1.02 by the Brady Bunch, who was the worst team of last year and essentially the year before. So 
Not a great start for the Brady Bunch. He does have some few picks sprinkled in. Entering the draft, he traded his first overall, his first pick in the second round pick, 2.01 to Joe Exotic Football King. That was myself, my name at the time, in exchange for two sixth round picks. So a smart move by him to move up in the draft, get some additional picks, because um, he needs some much needed depth. He didn't really have a lot of keepers entering the draft. Um, so start the first round, we had Saquon Barkley go number one overall to Team Money, followed by Brady Bunch picking Derrick Henry. I love this pick right here. Derrick Henry was an absolute monster last year, racking up a ton of yards, was in the contract year, got rewarded with a massive contract, playing behind that Tennessee Titans line. He's going to be an absolute stud against this year. Pick number three was Schmitty's. Sh is a new member of our league, so welcome to our league, Schmitty's. We're excited to have you on board and in our league. He went with my number one overall running back, Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke kind of had a down year last year. However, the Cowboys are looking to make a good run this year in the NFC East. Their offensive line is a little bit questionable. They're dealing with some injuries in the offseason. But they're not at full strength. And I don't know if their O-line will be what it was a couple years ago when Zeke was leading their league in rushing. Nonetheless, taking Zeke at pick 103 was an awesome pick. Great job, Schmidties. And, of course, Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints falls the number four overall to BMS. BMS is another new member from our league, Dylan Freeberg. He is a manager at Jimmy John's and one Carney, Nebraska. Great pick there to start your draft. Uh, moving on to pick 1.05 was my first overall pick. Had to go with my boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Watching him on tape at LSU, he was phenomenal. He is a perfect fit for Kansas City and what they want to do with their zone running concepts. He, can, he was basically the missing piece for what they needed last year. Um, granted, they won a championship last year, but to really make their offense unstoppable, they needed a quick um, zone running running back that can take on defenders one-on-one, -on -one, make a miss, and take it 40 yards to the house. Um, I love that pick for myself, and I think he's going to be awesome. Hence, my team name, Prince Azura Hilaire. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a prince that was promised. Now, this next pick really took me by surprise. The whole reason I traded up in the second round of the draft was to get this player. Schmidt took DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, brand-new player on the Arizona Cardinals, paired up with Kyler Murray in that offense. It's going to be super fun to watch this year. DeAndre Hopkins was my number four player overall on my board. Um, I think he's going to be phenomenal this year. I was incredibly upset when the Schmidt took this pick in the first round. Awesome pick. Having Zeke and DeAndre Hopkins to start your team is going to be incredible for you. Congrats and best of luck this year. Uh, moving on to pick number seven, we had Trees Company picking up Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is, I believe, one of the top six talented running backs in the NFL. Coming out of Oklahoma, he had some issues personally, but his talent is without question elite. He's going to be an absolute stud. Playing with Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, I think their offense will be much more successful than they will last year. However, I am worried about if their offensive line has improved. They are very terrible last year running the ball, even with Joe Mixon. We will see how his talents translate this year with the new quarterback. Pick number eight was Michael Thomas as a keeper from Holmes Cooking. Great pick right here by Mahomes cooking. Michael Thomas paired up with Patrick Mahomes is going to be phenomenal for that team. Michael Thomas is my number two receiver overall and just fantastic player. He's going to be a yak machine. Probably going to get another 100 catches with 15 TDs easily. Pick number 10 was 
the Dream Team. Um, Dream Team went with Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill is one of those players like he's going to get you either five points one week or 40 points another week. He is incredible. Can easily get an 80-yard touchdown at any given time and just really makes the Kansas City Chiefs offense go. Incredible player. Great pick, Dream Team. Devontae Adams went number 11 to Otto's Army. Questionable pick here. I had Julio Jones ranked above Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams, I actually had him last year. He was dealing with a nagging turf toe injury for about six weeks. Made it very annoying to have him. If he can stay healthy, he's an absolute monster. Um, health is a big concern going into this year yet again for him. Um, I Questionable pick, but great wide receiver overall. If he is anything he's supposed to be like last year, he's going to be an absolute beast if he can stay healthy. Moving on to pick number 11 of round one, Taylor's Danny team went with Austin Eckler, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Almost said San Diego there. Eckler had a great season last year. Can catch it, run it, can pretty much do everything in that offense of what they need to. However, with Tyler Rod Taylor at the quarterback position, I am a little worried about the productivity of that offense. Um, there are a couple running backs in that range. I might have taken over Austin Eckler there, but for what you get out of him in a half-point PPR, if that team can turn it around, I personally think Justin Herbert will take over around week six, and that's when Eckler will really start to shine halfway through the year. Uh, great pick out. Just might be a little bit of way on to get value on your return there. And topping out the last pick of the draft is the keeper by champion Christian Crusaders. He is, of course, keeping run CMC, the most dominant running back we've had in the last couple of years. Absolute stud. I'm fully expecting him to put up another monstrous year. I don't know if he will have the same productivity as last year, but nonetheless, I would be shocked if he's not a top three running back this year. Uh, overall, great first round for the draft, guys. Everyone did pretty well. I loved all the picks except for maybe one or two, but pretty much went as expected as it should. But moving on from the draft. Um, We had a few reaches, I believe, kind of in the draft. Sorry to kind of jump back into it here. Uh, we did have a few reaches, though, mostly by the Brady Bunch, taking Gronk in the fifth round. Um, Gronk is not what he used to be. Gronk is a shell of a former self. We don't even know if he's going to be featured in the Bruce Arians offense. Who hates tight ends? Bruce Arians loves throwing to the wide receivers. His We saw it last year with the tight ends. They're primarily used for blocking. And don't be surprised if we see that again with Gronkowski. I just not a fan of this pick. I think Gronk is a former of himself, and I honestly had him going undrafted. So very, very surprised to see him go fifth overall, but not surprised because he was drafted by a Patriots fan. Sixth round picks that were also a bit of a reach were Kyrion Johnson and Akil Harry. I understand these were keeper picks, but both of these players were going nearly undrafted in drafts as well. Um, if those were players you really should have wanted, you probably should have just redrafted them in the 10th round and made a reach there. Very questionable on why you took them, but who knows? Hopefully they can turn it around and have a great year. The rookie years were not so promising. And so not really – I don't think they'll be good their sophomore season, but you never know. Fantasy football in the NFL is a crazy, crazy sport and a lot of luck, and that could be beneficial in helping Brady Bunch move from bottom of the barrel to hopefully push him for the playoffs this year. Going into this season, though, I believe death – is going to be huge with the shortened offseason, especially 
limited practice, limited contact. So we're going to see a lot of injuries this year um, just because players aren't really going to be game ready and ready for the season like they would be in years past just due to the limited amount of offseason work. Um, we saw at least half the teams take all running backs and receivers on their bench, which is awesome in the same direction I went in and what I believe everyone should have went in. There's not really reason to roster a backup quarterback or a backup defense or two kickers. Just really build up that depth is where the key in this draft was and just hoping your players stay healthy and maybe if some players catch COVID or get injured, you got some studs backed up ready to go. Heading into week one, though, post-draft, we are now at the beginning of the year. I'm super happy to have a football season. You have no idea. It didn't even feel like it was real even during the draft. The football was just literally one day away. I'm super excited that the season is officially underway. Um, going into the week one matchups, we will start with the defending champ Christian Crusaders versus myself, Prince Azur Ahaler. This would end up being the highest scoring matchup of the week. Prince Azur Hilaire, myself, would end up getting dominated, though, in week one, despite scoring the second most amount of points. It was really a fa fantastic matchup between these two teams, though. Um, I think it's going to be these two teams kind of battling for it at the end of the year, just based on the week one performance and the amount of depth that we had. A little, little disappointed, though, from Prince Azur Hilaire. Matt Stafford only had 18 points against the Chicago Bears defense, which is expected to regress from last year's. Julio Jones showed up well with 21 points. Keenan Allen and OBJ really disappointed. They didn't get 10 points combined between his two top four round picks. Very disappointing. The prince that was promised was showing on Thursday Night Football. He had one rushing touchdown, 138 yards and 25 carries. Didn't even have a single reception, still put up 20 points. Very awesome to see. What a bright future for this young kid. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Josh Jacobs, wow, what a game. Give yourself a pound in the back. Three rushing touchdowns, 130 all-purpose yards, and 34 fantasy points. What a game for the second-year running back. Um, looking over at Christian Crusaders, God, Chris Godwin kind of disappointed with an 11-point game. Calvin Ridley, though, what a monster. Stealing all those TDs from Julio. Julio Jones had a solid performance of 157 yards, but didn't have any touchdowns. Calvin Ridley stole both touchdowns for him, putting up a 30-point performance. Christian McCaffrey also led the way with two touchdowns and 27 points, and he also saw three touchdowns from Josh Allen. Um, this was the highest-scoring game of the week, but it wasn't even close. Christian Crusaders dominated by 21 points with a score of 154 to 133. Second match of the week featured Dalvin and the Chipmunks versus Team Money. Team Money, remember, had the first overall pick in the draft and took Saquon Barkley, expecting a big game out of him. Week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, who we were returning a ton of starters, but nonetheless, Saquon Barkley is still... Say quads Barkley. But looking at the matchup, started early on Sunday morning. Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson both started their games with two early touchdowns for each of them. Both finished with 20 with uh, 42 points combined. He also saw a solid game out Tyler Lockett, Carson Wentz, Will Fuller as well. Team Money, though, had a rough start to the beginning with 10 points from Allen Robinson, eight points from 
Seven points from George Kittle, eight points from the kicker, nine points from the defense, which is pretty respectable. Going into Monday night, though, they needed a lot of points from their studs. Juju Smith-Schuster came through with 22 points. Deontay Johnson had a pretty good game for his first for uh, his sophomore year. Had eight points, which wasn't quite enough. And also, though, Saquon Barkley, the biggest disappointment, though, 9.6 points. Really was a difference between a win and a loss here. Dalvin and the Chipmunks win by 10 points, 125 to 115. Schmidt is what a performance week one. Brand new to the league. Was a five-point underdog heading into the week against the Brady Bunch and Hall of Fame QB Tom Brady. The Brady Bunch led the way with Tom Brady. However, the Brady Bunch were the only team in week one to not to have a non to have any players that were not QB to score more 15 points or more. Very disappointing for them. And that was pretty much the downfall of their team. Sean Watson had 21 for the for Schmitties. DeAndre Hopkins, what a performance. 14 catches, 151 yards. 14 catches was a career high for DeAndre Hopkins on his first game with a brand-new team, brand-new offense, brand-new QB. What a monster. He's going to be an absolute stud this year. Fifth overall pick is going to end up being a steal for him. Zeke Elliott and Raheem Moser combined for 50 points. Combined that with Hopkins, 22 points. Just 72 points right there alone. Easy win for the Schmitties, dominated. Biggest margin of the week, 34 points. Easy win. Welcome to the league, Schmitties, making the missions, making a point week one. Our next matchup featured Taylor's Andy team, led by MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson. And he pretty much squared off against another MVP front runner this year in Russell Wilson. Both of these guys had monster games and were the highest scoring points on their team. Russell Wilson had a near-perfect game, 322 yards, four touchdowns. Meanwhile, on the other side, Lamar Jackson had 275 yards, 45 yards on the ground, and three passing touchdowns. Both of these guys combined for 60 points total and pretty much were the leading players on their team. Taylor's Danny team had a little disappointment from Scary Terry, Michael Gallup, and first-round pick Austin Eckler, who only had nine points. That's what I was worried about them. Not a lot of production on a very bad offense. Nick Chubb was also disappointing. However, his tight end Mark Andrews got two of those touchdown passes from Lamar Jackson. Kind of helped keep him in the battle. Taylor's Danny team finished with 124 points. But it was not enough to outscore Russell Wilson, Alvin Kamara, and Todd Gurley, surprisingly, with the game. It was a very close game, but Wilson, led by Russell Wilson, won by three points after it was all said and done. Mahomes cooking versus, Mah- with, versus Otto's Army. This should have been a very easy matchup for Mahomes cooking, going against the inferior opponent. However, Otto's Army had a pleasant surprise from their Bills defense, their kicker, and Matt Ryan. But most importantly, Devontae Adams. Give yourself a pat on the back. 36 points. Week one, two touchdowns, 14 catches, and 156 yards. Led the week with 35 points. Absolutely insane. On the other hand, though, Mahomes cooking was on pace to rule. 20 points from Mahomes on Thursday Night Football to open up the year. Adam Thielen with a massive 28 points against the Packers. 21 points for their New Orleans defense. However, though, Michael Thomas got injured after only putting up three points against the Tampa Bay defense. And Le'Veon Bell also went out injured after only scoring five points. But these players played the full game. Mahomes cooking and Woody easily won. 
tough start to Mahomes cooking. They're down own one, but they should be able to bounce back easily next week. And our final game of the week featured our lowest scoring matchup with as well. Mahomes, sorry, the dream team versus Trees Company. Both of these teams were very uninspiring. Dream team was led by Aaron Jones with 15 points, Tyreek Hill with 13, and Big Ben with 22. Very lackluster performance from the rest of his team. However, he did leave Kyler Murray on the bench with 27 points. I don't know if he's going to make that mistake again. On the other hand, Therese Company is, has Drew Brees at quarterback. Not a big fan of him. Same thing with Connor Gronkowski. He's not the same player he was four to five years ago. He's still going to put up for respectable games, but I fully expect the Saints to utilize Alvin Kamara and some short yards passing to Michael Thomas and the other receivers this year. DJ Shark has still a game with 10 points. Melvin Gordon and Travis Kelsey both with 15 points. It was Tree's defense, though. They came in huge with the 21 points from the Ravens, just showing defense wins games. Tree was able to close the game out with a six-point victory to end the week. Heading into next week, though, week two is going to be a very fun week, I believe. we got a lot of great matchups coming up. we got the Dream Team versus Christian Crusaders, Prince Azura Ahalaire versus the Brady Bunch, and then we have an inner town, cross town, Rivals from Carney, Nebraska, Wilson versus Dalvin and the Chipmunks. We also got Mahomes cooking versus versus the Schmitties. Otto's Armor, uh, sorry, Otto's Army versus Team Money and Taylor's Danny Shane versus Trees Company. It's going to be a great week too. I'm really excited. Um, awesome first podcast. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. We love to hear any feedback from you guys, and really looking forward to this. Season, and let's hope it goes well. We actually have a full season. Have a great day, guys.